1: This is episode 120 with Kaz Makepeace.
0: Enjoy!
1: Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third
0: culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their
1: global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now... Having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxy. Welcome, everybody, to "Is Told by Nomads." Today, I have with me Kaz Makepeace. Now, Kaz. As well as our husband, they, they own one of the largest travel blogs in the world. It's ytravelblog.com. That's letter Y. And uh, we're going to be talking about consistent travel, strategy for consistent travel. Their travel blog has led them to incredible experiences like attending the first travel summit at the White House and speaking alongside Kofi Annan at uh, an upcoming travel forum in Turkey. They have over 300,000 monthly visitors and over 4 million followers followers on pinterest so uh it's a pretty big deal large following welcome to the show kaz
2: thank you ty i'm excited to be chatting with you today
1: <laughs> well so we were talking earlier before we, i started recording you were saying you and your husband have been doing this for over 20 years and from your accent i think you're australian right correct yes so what led to this lifestyle how did you create this lifestyle of travel at uh, you know with kids as well
2: Yeah. Yeah. So we we do the travel now with kids, but originally I started straight from university. So I graduated as a primary school teacher. Three days after my graduation, I jumped on a plane and have pretty much been traveling ever since. And living in Australia, I, I think Australians have this drive to explore the world because we live kind of at the bottom of the earth. And so we travel for longer periods of time because we're so far away from everything and it's really expensive to travel overseas and we're fortunate being part of the, the Commonwealth that we get working holiday visas in various countries around the world, and and one of them is in England. So it's very common for Australians when they're young and they're finished uni to go and live in England and work there. So that's what I did. I jumped on a plane and I I had a three-month backpacking trip through Indonesia with some girlfriends and then landed in London and started teaching over there. And so that formed my travel lifestyle and my travel story then. I... um, continued following that format of living and working in other countries and traveling in that region while I was there.
1: Hmm. Okay. And then um, you met, uh, when did you meet Craig? Or is Craig going along with you throughout this?
2: No. I, well, I actually, funny enough, knew Craig. We're from the same town. So we had sort of similar friends. And when I came back from uh, my trip in london so i was gone for almost three years i i lived in london i lived in dublin for a while and i traveled around uh, europe and southeast asia and i came home and started talking to craig Moore. he was really keen to travel and so we were sharing a lot of travel stories and then we got together and i was at home he was finishing um his trade then we got married and three days after we got married, um, <laughs> it's a, a funny kind of pattern, yeah. <laughs> um, we we left together and jumped straight back into this lifestyle of living and working in other countries. So we ended up having about a five-year honeymoon and yeah. we, we worked in Dublin, in Bangkok and in the US and, and we did a fair amount of travel through Africa and Southeast Asia in between those... Um, working stints
1: that is crazy five-year honeymoon period essentially yeah that's uh, i mean yeah. wow <laughs> so so you got to tell me what those experiences were like uh with um you know with with the with your traveling because you're newly wed and then you know you and craig are going around the world what were the experiences like how did you adapt what did you do to to make a living? How did you keep in touch? You know, Did you talk about planning for your family? I'm, I have so many questions, as you could tell. But I'm just wondering yeah, what that process yeah. is like. Because you're talking about five years right after you get married and everything is still new. And you're, you're just going on these adventures.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it's 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 a pretty big risk when you think about it you get married and then you decide to travel together <laughs> and travels one way when you're with someone for 24 hours a day it can either make or break you so lucky for us it it didn't um and we we didn't leave with the intention to be gone for that long we we left with plans we were heading straight to uh, thailand to have our official two-week honeymoon there. And then we had organized to teach English in Bangkok. So after we had our honeymoon, we moved to Bangkok. And we were planning to be there six months. It was, it was a little bit under six months, I think. And we, we went and did a, a bit more travel. And then it was thrice it was like, okay, so where do we want to go next? Wow. And I had lived in Dublin before. Craig was really keen there. So we said, well, let's go to Dublin. Um, and let's see about getting work there. So we literally just landed in Dublin. We organized a working holiday visa before we arrived. Um, but we landed in Dublin. And it was like, okay, we're on the streets now.
1: Let's go find some work. <laughs> and that was and That was it. That was that. No, that, that's really cool. That was it. Yeah. So, okay, let's do this. And now you've been doing this for over 20 years. And the immediate question people ask you, I know you touched about it earlier. It was like, you know... I, you know, it's not. It's very expensive to travel. You said you were in the Commonwealth. You took advantage of that. But what do you normally tell someone that's trying to build a strategy for consistent travel? I mean, someone's listening right now. They're thinking, "Caz, man, what a lifestyle! I want to have my own five year on the moon." I, I, you know, my partner and I are eager to do something. But how can we start? What would you tell that person?
2: Yeah. Well, what I generally say is, it, change your perspective because most people say, "Oh, I'd love to do that, but I can't. I can't afford it." Mm-hmm. But I, I think as soon as you think that, then you shut down every available opportunity there for you that that's there to help you make it happen. So the, the, the first thing I say is, well, okay, what is it you really want to do? And now think about, well, how can you make this happen? It's just that slight changing thinking then starts to open those doors and what i my my biggest advice and what we write about on our blog um is to for people to think about working holidays now you you can you might not you'd be able to get working holiday visas in different ways you don't necessarily have to be part of the commonwealth because i know a lot lot of americans can get them here in australia Um, so you've just got to search for those opportunities and there are many ways you can work around the world because, yes, money is a factor in your travels because, of course, we all need money <laughs> to do it. So why not travel and earn money at the same time? And that's the approach we've always taken and that's the approach that we take now with our own business. Um, and it was one of the reasons we got into this business because we our working holiday visa options dried up. So, again, we didn't look at that well, now our earning money opportunities are dried up. It was like, how can we continue this lifestyle? Uh-huh. And from that, we started our um, travel business. And so now we're still traveling and we're still working at the same time. So we don't have to save up as much money because we're continually um, filling up the pot as we're traveling.
1: Huh, interesting. And then at what point did you uh, build you know, create the whytravelblog.com?
2: Yeah, we started that uh, five and a half years ago. We were living in the U.S. at the time and um, we were looking for something of our own and, and we had uh, chase money and in, in lots of bad get-rich-quick schemes and we went through a financial disaster and I brought it back to, okay, well, what is it that I really love? And it was travel. And i I felt this desire to really share our travel stories and tips to help people travel more. So I in my research I discovered travel blogs and thought, "Well, they're writing about the stories and experiences we've had for the last 10 years. I'm going to start a travel blog." And that's pretty much how it started. Um and then it's just evolved into what it is now.
1: Well, I've got to commend you on it. It's, you know, it's it's a, it's a beautiful looking site and I, like I said earlier, I had come across, you know, a couple of your blog posts and I had read about it and I um I'd seen something on Twitter about top travel bloggers and you know you and your husband came up and you know I remember glancing at it and then I was very thoroughly impressed with that. So I know it's just 5 years old but you know it's already gotten, you know, up to half a million followers a month, so you must be doing something right.
2: Yeah, well I think we've just our focus has always been about to provide really useful content. Um, inspiring content, we love to share our story because we our, our belief and it's the thing that's really enabled us to live this lifestyle from when I first started was that if someone else is doing it, then that's proof that I can do it too. So that's what we want to share with people. Look, you know, we're just normal people and this is a lifestyle we've been able to create. Here's how we've done it and here are the things that are uh, ways and perspectives That you can look at and follow to create something similar for yourself.
1: All right. Now, I I want to shift focus here. So, you know about Mm -hmm. my story about how I, you know, I I didn't have intentional travel initially. My dad, you know, was a diplomat. Hey, Tyo, we're going to Sweden. We're going to Vietnam. Yeah. Let's go. That was kind of my mix in. So I had to to learn, and I, I loved it. You know, initially I had some yeah. some places where I had to fit in um, earlier, but then I eventually grew to love it. And I always say, in my experience, you know, it gave me a, a wider perspective of the world, and I you know actually just deepened my curiosity. You have intentional mm-hmm. intentional travels. You're raising kids now who are going to be you know sharing your lifestyle. What about travel? Mm. Do you love, and why do you think it's so important for people to experience?
2: Yeah, such a great question. Um, Travel, for me, is where I connect most deeply to life. Mm. If I'm not traveling, I feel shut off from life. It feels like it's just Groundhog Day. I'm going through the motions. I'm dealing with everybody else's junk and what they want me to do. And I just feel like life is really hard to cope with. But when I'm traveling, I'm out there and I feel like I'm doing what I was born to do. I'm exploring. I'm discovering. I'm getting to learn more about myself. Plus, I'm getting to learn more about the world that we live in and be totally in love with it and in awe of it and learning so much about other people and my perspective on on other people and differences has changed so much as a result of traveling because i grew up in a small town mm-hmm. all i knew was the that the culture of that and what people believed and then i i started traveling and i met other cultures and i was just blown away at how exciting the differences were they weren't there to be feared they were there to be celebrated, and that was so exciting. And I just became addicted to that. And and life without that for me just feels really meaningless.
1: Yeah. No. So you you found meaning in travel, you know, and, and it's it's become a way of life for you. So mm-hmm. you can't obviously imagine, uh, um, you know, the other way around. And did you ever experience culture shock? You, you know, you grew up in a small town. Was there a culture shock moment for you?
2: Um. Do you know, I, I don't think I ever really did. Um, I know it's a I, – I, funny enough, I experienced culture shock when I moved to the U.S. to teach there. And it, it really caught me unawares. I, I didn't think that I would go through that at all because the U.S. culture is very similar to ours in a lot of ways. But I think it was more of an educational work shock I I was teaching in the US and it was so different to how I had taught before. And it really uh, was really a struggle for me to cope with. That's the only sort of experience besides reverse culture shock. Now, that has been a huge problem for me. Let's
1: talk about that. You just segregated to that. Let's talk about reverse culture shock and what it's like when you go back to Australia.
2: Okay, so, um, all right. Yeah, Reverse culture shock is really awful and there's not really a lot out there to prepare travellers for what will happen when they come home. I've written about it uh, on my site and I've had many people contact me from that post so grateful that I wrote it because they didn't understand what was going wrong with them. I've even had uh, someone say that I had, that post had saved them from ending their life because they were so depressed. So reverse wow. culture shock is extremely difficult it 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 is it is huge and i and i'll i'll explain in a minute what we went through but you return after as i was talking about this deep connection to life and experiencing so many things and you come back a changed person that no one else around you has changed and there's this huge disconnect between the person you are now and the person they want you to to still be and you can't be you've changed We came home, the first time I came home from overseas, I didn't experience reverse culture shock because I came home at the same time that about five or six of my other friends came home from travelling. So we had each other. So it felt like we were still experiencing this joy together. So I I didn't experience reverse culture shock. But when Craig and I returned after our five-year honeymoon, it hit us so badly. I didn't understand what was going on. It was only after that I I realized but I just fell into I would probably call it somewhat of a depression now just unable to cope with the change just feeling like I was totally shut off from my life source life had no meaning or purpose for me anymore and that's when our slide down into our financial disaster happened for us and I and I believe it the, the the point of where that started was from reverse culture shock
1: wow and it's it, 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 you're so right about how how um, you come back home to a different place. I remember going back home to Nigeria, all the times I go back, you know, a different accent, you know, obviously different perspective. And, and people tell me you're not Nigerian enough and that kind of stuff. And, you know, it didn't get to the point where it, it depressed me, but it at least got to a point where I was annoyed by that statement. But I remember just thinking by just the way people perceive you, so, so different. And I'm always like, I was just here you know a few years ago why Why, why all of a sudden am I proceed different and the way you're talking about how people resonated with that article it's uh, you know it's incredible that you know if, if you don't become comfortable who you are and really reacquaint yourself in the surrounding it, it can get really tough and I mean you know it can lead to financial decline as well as you just alluded to
2: yeah absolutely and um, I recommend that there are different ways you can approach it try and connect, as soon as you get back home, try and connect, make new friends, connect with people who are now more in tune with who you are, Uh, maybe connect with other travellers so that you have someone who understands you. And for me, I shut off my stories. I stopped talking about my travels because I I just couldn't handle the people not being able to connect. They weren't interested. They weren't listening. And it just felt like they were destroying my memories So I just stopped talking about it and I would just talk about whatever, you know, was good for them and I really focused on making different relationships and one other thing that I did that really helped um, was to act like I was a traveller in my own backyard because then I would go in in my own backyard, my own area to places I hadn't been before and see them with new eyes so I felt like I was travelling again and I felt a little bit freer.
1: Okay. No, no, and I love the the idea. I always say, find you connectors. So, it's it seems like your as a step to get out of that is is um to you know since you don't fit the mold, but essentially you you know you find people, travel groups, you know think about your backyard as as your own little travel place and just find a way to, to I guess fit in for lack of a better word, but also have the best of both worlds, your local place and um and uh, fit it in. Um, yeah. Now, this leads me to one question, how did you rediscover Australia?
2: Yes, um, so we came back in 2010 back to Australia, so our blog was only about six months old and then three years after that,
0: in 2013, we were ready, we were desperate. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Really
2: ready to travel again. So we decided that the opportunity was there to travel Australia. So we made the big leap. Um, got a camper trailer and we we traveled around australia for 18 months and it was really amazing because as i said most of my travel was done overseas and you know i loved australia but i loved it from the perspective of it was my home country now that i have traveled the country and and really explored it in depth i love it because i understand it i know Uh, the culture but the beauty of the landscape and just what an exotic amazing land it is so it was really a thrill for us to be able to experience our home country in that way
1: yeah that's amazing that's good i'm I'm on your site and one of the things that popped out right was this Mm -hmm. one article it goes with um uh what if i don't fit the mold now, yeah. <laughs> the reason I'm bringing this article is because you 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 run a travel blog and you obviously get attention of a lot of travel sites with the traffic you get. There are many people, like mm-hmm. I said earlier, that you know the aspiring travel bloggers, uh, you know lifestyle travelers, and want to be able to have you know travel with their family. But I want you to dive into the story and tell the audience what happened when BBC reached out to you and how that <laughs> made you feel. <laughs>
2: Yeah. Yeah, so BBC Travel cuz they've got a series how I quit my job to travel the world. And so they contacted us, did we want to write a story for that? And I was like, great, it's BBC Travel. I know that's great exposure for us and, and, and a good place to share our story. And so um, so I, I, I replied to him and I said, great, I'd love to write for you, but I, I want to change the angle of the story because my uh, story's a little bit different in that I've never quit a job to go and travel. I actually travelled and then picked up jobs along the way to help me travel. So I kind of don't fit the story in the way that you want it to be told, but I've got a really great angle that I can write for you. And he just wrote back and said, no, sorry, we need someone who's quit their job to travel. And I was like, I thought my story was quite cool. And the fact that I never conformed in the first place.
1: But <laughs> I think it's cool.
2: For them. Yeah. I think it's cool. Yeah.
1: So then, 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 how did that make you feel? Because you, you then went on to say it's the story of your life, right? You know, it's something you resonate with. Well, people are always saying, "Well, you're not. You know, this is not what we're looking for. It's, it's too unconventional, uh, for lack of a better word."
2: Yeah, so it just it felt like, oh, you know, it was kind of frustrating, and that is going to be part of what you experience when you do choose this unconventional life. Is that you? are not going to fit into anyone's mould. And uh, and that's another problem that you'll find when you return home as well is that, you know, you can't fill out a, a one of those generic forms, whether it's applying for a job or trying to find a house to rent, is that your story doesn't fit the form. And it's difficult to find people who will accept your out-of-the-mould story and understand the value... Actually
1: brings. Yeah, no, it's. It, 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 I, I just wanted to share that because I, I wanted to to show the audience that sometimes even though someone says no, there's always another way uh, to write it. And what you did was you turned it into a story, right? You turned it into a story yeah, in your blog, yeah. And it's something that many people would definitely resonate with because I, I can tell you I keep a lot of my rejection letters in the stack. It's almost like a com- competition. I'm like, all right, you said no, okay. I'll show you. And then yeah. I'm just gonna start yeah. my own thing. But um but that, that that that's that's what I wanted to do. What said. am I gonna do with this? Yeah
2: I'll exactly. write a story about this. I'll exactly. get my story out there somehow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so so Kaz, another another uh, important dynamic about you is you have kids. Um people will ask Yes, is traveling with kids too hard?
2: <laughs> yeah. They ask me that all the time. Um, And my response is that parenting is hard. It doesn't Uh, matter where you
1: are. That's not going to change. Okay. well, That's a fair answer. (laughs) But then how do you do 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 it though? How do you do it? Because yours is different. It's traveling as well.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I just think for me it doesn't matter where I'm going to be, there's going to be challenges when it comes to parenting. It's going to be hard. So for me, I go, okay, well, the spaces in between the parenting challenges, what am I going to fill it with? Am I going to fill it with the routine of running the kids around to school here, there and everywhere, cleaning the house, picking up toys, managing all this useless junk we collect, or am I going to fill the spaces in between with adventures um, and explorations with my children? So then we're creating these priceless memories and this really close bond between us. Or It's about looking for those amazing moments that you can have with your children that they really aren't there in your everyday life. Mm. You 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 run to them when you travel.
1: Love it, love it. And, and um now we we want to go back to the strategies for you know traveling while you you know while you you know live the life the lifestyle you want. And in your site you have several categories. And now, how mm-hmm. do you how would you define why drive travel, travel blog? If I were to ask you first of all, just so I can frame the question.
2: Yeah, sure. So what we inspired to do on the site is to, well, first of all, inspire people to travel more so they can create better memories Mm -hmm. and then give them the the tips and the strategies to help them know how to do it. So we help them uh, different ways that you can travel, working holiday, how you can save and budget um, and how to plan for your travel, all those useful information that
1: helps empower people. All right, so it's it's basically money management, you know, family travel, travel planning, travel tips, uh, community stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And your your money, well, your money management part. Why do you think um, why do you focus on that a lot? Because that's that's something that you touched on earlier and talked about. You know, different ways to save money, but money management. I guess it's it's a it's a long term type of uh, process where you really have to know what you're doing and how you're managing your finances.
2: Yeah, well, we the majority of people say to us, "I can't travel because I don't have the money." Mm-hmm. So we know that's the biggest obstacle people have. We want people to travel more, so that's why we talk a lot about money on our site. Uh, we talk a lot about your mindset around money and how that's the that where it all begins. Um, we also talk about saving and budgeting and paying off debt because that's what people are getting swallowed by and not knowing how to get out of. The trap, and uh, we want to help empower people and give them those tools, so then they can start creating the life that they want, and not let money become an obstacle.
1: Gotcha, gotcha. And you do do a good job. I was looking at the the resource you have. I don't know if it's a course, but you've got a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of resources there, and it's a whole category that uh, that, yeah. you know, that definitely helps. Now. um Kaz, where are you from? Where's home to you? I, I, I know you're from Australia, but I'm asking you, what is yep. home to you? <laughs>
2: what is what? Sorry. What is
1: home to you?
2: What is home to me? Mm. Um, with ba- with a bag on my back and
1: <laughs> that is <laughs> on the road. Right. There you go. That's an amazing. I, I just always want to ask people to travel a lot. What home is? Because I say it's a fluid concept, but I don't know what other people define yeah. home as. So it's a bag. Yeah. In your
2: bag. I- yeah, bag and just constant moving, yeah. Um, I've try, I've done the whole, okay, I, I'm going to settle down now, I'm going to do this life, and it just doesn't work. Like six to 12 months, I'm like, okay, I've got to go again. Um, so yeah, home is just the constant movement, exploring. Um, I can pick, pick up my bags and move tomorrow, I don't get attached to anywhere.
1: Oh, wow, yeah. No, that, that's, that's definitely a good skill to have with that. Now, have you been anywhere which turned out to be totally different to how you imagined? And if so, how?
2: Um, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> in America, yeah, moving, America! Moving in the US. Yes, yes.
1: Okay.
2: okay. I was I was actually quite nervous to go over there. Um, it was at the time where America wasn't perceived very well by the West rest of the world because of George Bush and everything that was happening, and um. So I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to find over there. I'm really kind of nervous. I don't know if I'm going to like it. I think I might hate it. And I, we just fell in love with the US. We loved living there. We lived there for about four years. We're planning to get back there next year and do a road trip. And we just, we love to be a positive voice for the US now and, and, and tell people, look, it's such an amazing country filled with amazing people. Um you, you have to get over there and experience it. So, yeah, the U.S. for sure.
1: Now, what about uh, your favorite place in the world? What would you say that is?
2: Oh, that's a hard one. I have such a uh, there's, – there's about three or four that stand out. Now, Australia, after traveling Australia, definitely. Uh, Africa, we backpacked for five months through Africa and just uh, a travel adventure that is unlike any other i mean africa's just going to get under your skin
1: <laughs> which and, country in africa? Um, which country in africa thailand
2: used to really
1: what, sorry which country in africa
2: we backpack from uganda down to south africa
1: ah and then it's going so okay All right wow yeah i mean,
2: I- I mean I- i'd love to get back and explore and do more over there. It's just an incredible experience. Um, and again, you know, people would say, aren't you scared going to Africa? And we did it ourselves on local transport and we had not one problem. We just had beautiful exchanges the whole way through the country, the continent. Sorry. Hmm. Um, yeah, so I, I think those countries, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then I think you were going to say Thailand What's too it? before I ask you what country in Africa.
2: Hot, yeah, yeah. Thailand. Thailand was always a really special place for us, although we did go back there a few years ago with the kids, and it kind of had lost a bit of its charm for us. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I hate <laughs> when that
1: happens. I hate when that happens. Sometimes you travel one way and you have this memory, yeah. and you're like, oh, I can't wait to go back, and you go back, and it's a, ah, uh, uh,
2: yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, oh, because I first went there in 99, so it, it's changed a lot since then. Um, yeah, it was like that. It was like, oh, the magic has kind of gone a bit.
1: <laughs> and then you tell your kids, like, you're going to love Tyler. Trust me. You're going to do this. You're going to do that. You're going to do that. You're going to do that. You're like, ah, oh, yeah. All right. And they're like, oh, the chaos. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um. So now we talked about that. Now, what has been or well, have you ever had any bad experiences whilst traveling?
2: Oh, yes, Uh, not a lot. I had one when my first trip overseas, when I first left home, did my backpacking tour uh, tour through Indonesia, and we were on an island in uh, Sumatra. Um, And we had gone out with a couple of the village boys. I was there with my two girlfriends. They took us on a motorbike tour of the island, um, only because we couldn't ride the motorbike we were not very good at at, uh, controlling them so they took us and then they just turned really insane and um, wouldn't take us home when we requested they take us home and they were um, really freaking us out and, and my driver was going extraordinarily fast on the road, wouldn't slow down and and uh, I started crying, and then he was just teasing me the entire way and singing a song called um, "I Shot the Sheriff." Oh my god! His words were, "I, his words were, I killed the tourist, and then I stole her passport." Oh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no! And
2: we, we were in the middle of nowhere. It's starting to get really dark. Um, my and we, it was just me and him because he had taken off of my on my my two girlfriends. Uh, so it was a very frightening experience. I can laugh about it now. And he ended up dropping us back to our uh, guest house, and nothing happened. But I think they were just having a bit of fun for the day and teasing the tourists.
1: That is the most unfair thing I've heard today. That is so unfair. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I mean I, I was sitting here I was like no. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> That's I crazy. was terrible. And then
2: he's like, "Oh, you know, you we could have an accident right now, and and um, no one would ever know, no one would ever find your body." And I was oh, like, "Oh my, my goodness.
1: goodness!" Wow, what a, what a guy! What a guy! Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, so that's the only bad thing, really. <laughs> that, that's pretty bad. <laughs> All right. that's like that's yeah. like every single bad thing that every single thing that uh. uh First-time travel fears. It's, am I going to be safe? Is it going to be this? Is someone going to kidnap me? And then the guy was just joking about it.
2: Yeah, I know. <laughs> it was frightening. It's a good story. It is. Oh, it makes
1: me good story right now. Um, well, We're going to wrap up here soon, but I, I want to know if you have a bucket list. One of my bucket list countries is your home country or quote-unquote oh, home country, Australia. Yeah. But uh, what is on yours?
2: I think... Uh, Oh, it, it's always been um, uh, the Maldives. It's always been on my bucket list. I'm, I just would love to go there and just relax. But one place we haven't been to yet is South America. So I would love to get over there and experience that continent.
1: South America. All right. No, I haven't yep. been to South America and Australia or Antarctica. I can't really count that. But, the, I mean, yeah. those are the th- the three continents I haven't been to, so... Definitely. That's good. It's yeah. good.
2: Oh, I hope you get down here.
1: Oh Yeah. I've, I've started interviewing a lot of um, Australians. I think you're the maybe fourth in the last oh, wow. month and a half. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm really loving a lot of the Australian love because for some reason, the podcast has an audience in Australia. I'm like, Yes. This is good. Oh yeah, so, that's great. Yeah, no, so I was like, oh yeah, I have to go down there. But I've always wanted to go because one of my favorite sports is tennis. I love basketball and tennis and soccer. But with tennis, I wanted to, um, wanna, this is a bucket list item to, in a calendar year, go to every single major. So start off in Melbourne, oh, in the Australian okay. Open, you know, then you, you know Paris, Wimbledon, and U.S. Open. But uh, yeah, no, I've been, I was I've, since I was a kid, I was fascinated with Sydney Opera House. Was fascinated with just Melvin and then I used to like Leighton Hewitt and Pat Rafter.
2: Oh yeah, so yes, I, I think Pat is yeah. a
1: big deal there. So <laughs> he's huge.
2: He's huge. He's very much loved by strains, and Leighton's love love, hate lots of people. Yeah, Leighton's love, him. hate. I love I,
1: him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, Pat Rafter's actually my first favorite tennis player. He was the reason I loved. I used to do all the things he did. Oh, yes. So I that was always my first favorite player. Leighton Hewitt's got a in... You know love me or hate yeah. me type of attitude but um yeah but yeah no he's, so he's cool yeah so australia so fine yours is the maldives or maldives I, i'm not even sure how you pronounce it i think it's the mall yeah i
2: know i think it's strange say <laughs> maldives and everyone else says the maldives
1: <laughs> ah, gotcha. all right cool um w- what exciting things do you have where can we find you and how should we be looking out for why travel blog
2: yeah, sure. Well, you can come to our sites, ytravelblog.com. You can sign up to our email there. We have a free audio, five steps for turning your travel dreaming into reality, so people can grab that. And we're on the social, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, Twitter, and it's all at ytravelblog.
1: Love it. Love it. Cool, cool. This is uh, the last question I always ask. How do you use your difference to make a difference?
2: Oh, Wow. Great question.
1: (laughs) That's the mission statement.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I guess my my difference would be the unconventional life I've chosen, and in particular now, I guess, with kids. So I use that to uh, make a difference, to help people, inspire people to travel more and follow their dreams, and then they're living a better life.
1: Love it. Love it. And as you know, you heard heard Kaz talk about how travel (laughs) – it's been important to her, and you know, ways to get out of reverse uh, reverse culture shock, but also ways to have money management and still have a family while traveling. So, if you want more tips for that type of stuff, and just basically to understand the world better, definitely check out our site. And uh, it's been fun talking to you guys.
2: It's been great, Tario. Thank you so much.
1: Oh pleasure is all mine. I've, this has been, you know, amazing. So I, I love learning more about uh, the world and people's stories. <laughs>
0: You've just been listening to the As Tall by Nomads podcast. For more
1: ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world.
0: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.